If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark chapter 10, but we'll have a time of prayer. Um, I know they said 11, but no update, Luke. Okay. But let's, we'll pray for Randy and the surgery that he's in at the moment and uh, with the physicians and uh, the nurses and doctors taking care of him at this time. So let's um, pray and um, before we dive into God's Word, I'll go ahead and read the passage for us and then we'll have a time of prayer. Um, so if you have it, Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46 and we'll end the chapter today. Here's what it says. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and His disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside, begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up! On your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Let's go to God in prayer today. God, we come to You because You are holy, holy, holy. You are Lord God Almighty. You created this world. You created each individual of this world in Your own image. You know our bodies in and out. At this time, we pray for Randy Russell as he's in surgery. You know what's going on. We don't know what's going on right now, but you see it. You see the physicians, the nurses, the, um, whoever's taking care of Randy in this surgery at the time. You know what's going on. And we ask that you would just be with that situation. Be with the family by his side. Be with family that are apart. Give them comfort and peace that only you can provide during hard moments of life. As we come to Your Word today, this morning, from the Gospel according to Mark, help us to have ears to hear. And like one of the songs we just sang, we are desperate for You. We are lost without You. We want to breathe the air, Your presence today. You're with us. Please guide us. Speak through Your Word today that we can be refreshed, renewed, energized to go out into the world and live a worthy life of the faith. 
being salt and light to the people around us. That we truly live out the best and greatest commandment. That we love you with all of our hearts, minds, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. Help us to live that out. You are our rock. You are the God who is good in this chaotic world. So we thank you. And it's in Jesus, in His name, we pray. Amen. Mark chapter 10. We're finishing it today. Listen to this. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. That's what the writer of Hebrews talked about faith. It's confidence of what we hope for. We hope for something, and it's also the assurance about what we don't even see. We can't see, but we still have that faith and that hope in that. And without faith, without this confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we, can't, we don't see, it's impossible to please God. And then, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. The blind man, Bartimaeus, lived this out. We're going to learn that from Bartimaeus today. And he encountered Jesus. He experienced Jesus the Messiah. We've read it. You've heard it. If the words of Charles Gabriel were around then when Bartimaeus was living, he would be singing this out. Like I said, I'm not going to sing songs sometimes. I'm not going to sing it. But he would sing this out and proclaim this song. Charles Gabriel wrote this. I wish it was around when Bartimaeus was around. But he would say this, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how He could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. And you probably know it. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. I truly think that Bartimaeus would be singing that out. I stand amazed at the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. Look at verse 46. They came to Jericho. Remember, Jesus has just taught them about whoever wants to be greatest must be servant. And if you want to be first, you've got to be servant of all. Remember, James and John were like, hey, Jesus, can we sit at your right and left? Please, Jesus. That's what we request. And Jesus is like, hold on a second. You're getting it all wrong. So that's what we're coming out of. They came to Jericho. I'm just going to stop there. Who knows Jericho? Anybody? Have you heard of Jericho before? I, if you've been in church since I, like, since I, I, I 
as a kid, we learned about Jericho, right? We love singing the song about Jericho, right? That, you know, walk around Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. Just so you know, that city's probably not the one he's talking about. It's a new Jericho, but the ruins are probably still there at this time. But why do I stop at Jericho? Here's why, because, you know, you know me, I got to look things up. <laughs> and Peter, remember, Mark is getting his information from Peter, as we saw that way back at the start of this Mark series. And why would he write down, they came to Jericho? I'm like, why would Mark, why would Peter even tell Mark to write this down? I have, this is what I think, okay? I've studied it, I researched what co means, and so on, but I'm going to tell you what I think. I think preachers can do that, right? And if you can agree with me or not. But I hope this makes sense, because it helps me a lot. Jericho means, like, to possibly get perspective on this plate, like the significance, like, here's what it means. And in this context, remember last week, we, let's go back to last week for one more second. Peter, or John, Jesus predicts, I've got to go to Jerusalem. Remember, Jesus is leading the way up to Jerusalem, right? He's on the road there because he's like, the Son of Man has to suffer, die, and rise again on the third day, right? They're on their way to Jerusalem. That's the final destination. And here it says they came to Jericho. So on the way to Jerusalem, they come to Jericho. And here's what Jericho means, two different places. In the Thayer's Greek lexicon, it means place of fragrance. Everybody say fragrance. Fragrance. Smell. Right? Why would they mention Jericho, the city of fragrance? Here's what I think. You may agree, not agree. When people are dying, sense or fragrance helps. Sometimes they fill the room of a dying person with fragrance to make it smell good, for comfort, peace. Where's Jesus heading? He's going to die on a cross. And he's going through the city of fragrance. I just think that's cool. I don't know about you, but I think it's cool. He's getting fragrance because it'll help. He's on his way to die. But also, Jericho means, and it's found, and if you want to go back there, you can. We're not going to turn it. But Deuteronomy 34.3 and 2 Chronicles 28.15 say Jericho is also, it says, Jericho, the city of palms. Where are they heading? Jerusalem, and you'll see Tim bring it next week. What were they laying down at the feet of Jesus and the donkey? Palm branches. Where did they get them? Wow. Is that cool? The city of fragrance and the city of palms. They're going through that. And he's on his way to die. And on the road, they lay the palm branches. But the fragrance helps as well, I think. We can stop there and I'd be amazed because that amazed me this week. 
But Jesus, okay, leading the way. He's with his disciples, and there's a crowd following people. There's a crowd following. And now they, they've gone through Jericho, okay? I don't know how big the town was. I didn't look that up. I'm sorry. I don't know how long this walk through Jericho was. But on the way out of the city, okay, they're on their way out, and a blind man, Bartimaeus, is sitting there begging. Now, you have to think with me here and imagine, because remember I said way back, I don't know when, we have to have an imagination. We have to. And I can only imagine this scene, because there's Jesus leading the way, there's disciples are following, there's 12 there, and the crowd's following him. I think and believe Jesus has already passed Bartimaeus, and Bartimaeus is sitting there begging. Now stop at Bartimaeus. Mark helps us, son of Timaeus, and then you're like, wait, Timaeus is in the word Bartimaeus. And you have no idea what that means, right? Do you have any idea what Bartimaeus means? Well, Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus. That's what it says in the text, right? And you're like, okay, we got that. But what does Timaeus mean? Timaeus means highly prized or honorable. And one other, I just want to bring this out. It says Bartimaeus, correct? It doesn't just say a blind man. It says a blind man, Bartimaeus. His name is mentioned. Look at the person next to you for a second. Do you know their name? Do you know their name? Now look at somebody across the room. Do you know their name? I hope we know everybody's name. Because a person's name means they're significant to that person. And Peter told Mark, hey, you need to write this name down, Bartimaeus. He's important. You need to write it down. So Bartimaeus is named. He has a story to tell. and we're gonna, he, he has a short story here, which is remarkable, but it's fascinating that we can read it so many years later because it's his name. And we know there's a person in our mind. We might not see exactly the same person, but we can see Bartimaeus sitting at the roadside begging. He's highly prized, which his name means. He's son of the highly prized if you want to say that. So he's worthy and valuable. Can everybody say to the person next to you, because I really want to, I've learned it this weekend, because we're talking about names and they're valuable people. Look at the person next to you and say, you're valuable. Now look at the person across the room and yell, you're valuable. Now look into the camera and say, you're valuable. Do you ever go to the same store and you see the same person working there and you still don't know their name? Anybody? Get to know them. No, I, I, I encourage you. If you see them maybe once a week, just ask them, what is your name? So I can call you that next time I see you. 
um, when I was working, we own a, you know, that Mitchell's Food Mart, it's a family business, and I worked there for several years. And there were customers, I didn't know their name, but there were customers, I knew their name because they were there every week. And sometimes I waited on them every week. It was me waiting on, on them every week. And if you don't know their name, maybe that makes, you see me once a week, what is wrong with you? But Peter tells Mark, you better write this guy's name down. He's important. He's valuable. Each of us is valuable. That's why I said, let's look at the person next to us and say you're valuable. No one is better than the other. I can't look at any of you and say, I'm better than you. I can't. Because what did we just sing about? We're lost without who? Jesus. But if we believe Jesus, we're all the same. We're sinners saved by the grace of God. So I can't look at anybody and say, I'm better than you. I can't. And we're all created in God's image. That should help us too. Okay. I'm like Sunday school. We're only on verse 1. Okay, here we go. Verse 40. Oh, he's begging, right? So he's sitting there begging. And then verse 47. When he, what? Heard. When he heard, remember he's blind. When he's heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. So Bartimaeus hears that it's Jesus. Now, he's sitting doing what? Begging for money or food or whatever. He's got his mat down, his cloak down, which we'll see later that he throws away. But he has his cloak down. He's sitting by the roadside where he's probably sat for a long time every single day. And he's begging for whatever people want to give him. And he hears that Jesus of Nazareth maybe just walked by. He hears it. And he shouts, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. When there's an exclamation point in the Bible, you should be screaming, okay? That's what I think. Jesus, or Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, have mercy on me. He shouts that because he heard Jesus was there. Now, we've gone through the book of Mark, right? For a long time. We've seen Jesus heal. We've, seen Je we've heard Jesus teach. We've heard him, you know, rebuke the disciples. We heard all of this. And I think, man, Bartimaeus is probably hearing some things because Jesus is coming by. And Paul McReynolds mentions this. He says the cry of the beggar is a cry of David in the Psalms. Because look at this. Just to give you an example, Psalm 4 verse 1 says this. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Then you go to chapter 6 verse 2. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. And then you go to 41 verse 4. And if you're following along and listening, you're probably going to hear what? 
I said, have mercy on me, Lord. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. So this beggar is saying, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. I know you have it. The mercy, the relief. Bartimaeus wants relief, right? He wants something to happen. And he hears Jesus there. And Jesus... He wants Jesus to give comfort, to give aid, to give something that will relieve him from distress. Because he's sitting by the roadside on every day. I, I, I can't imagine that, just sitting at the same spot every day begging. But he hears Jesus. He's blind. And he hears Jesus coming by. He hears that it's Jesus. Now remember, he hears Jesus is by. Remember back in chapter 5? You can turn there real quick. Chapter 5. Verse 27 and following. There was another person that heard about Jesus and did something to find relief. When she heard about Jesus, remember this is the woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. When she heard, did she see Jesus? Not yet. He, she heard about Jesus she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'm going to be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. When she heard about Jesus, and this man, Bartimaeus, is blind, and when he hears Jesus going by, it's Jesus of Nazareth, he cries out really loud, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. I, I can only imagine what he was thinking. And he does all he could to Shout it so Jesus could hear him. And then you get to verse 48. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Hey, beggar, shut up. That's what they're saying. Shut up. He's not going to hear you. That's what they're saying. Just be quiet, please. But that didn't stop him. And I'm so glad it didn't stop him. Because he shouted all the more. And if I didn't have a mic on, I would shout even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. He shouts even louder because people were like, Hey, be quiet, blind beggar. You've been sitting there for many, many years and you can sit there longer. We're trying to get by. Don't stop them, you know. And he shouts even louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. Nothing 
or no one was going to stop Bartimaeus from getting Jesus' attention. His blindness didn't stop him. The people saying, be quiet, shut up, didn't stop him. He's like, oh, nothing's going to stop me. He even used a term that's only mentioned here from people, son of David. That's a unique term. And Bartimaeus uses it. Do you think that would have got Jesus' attention? He's like, who's using son of David? I haven't heard that in a while, you know. Or I've never heard it up till now, maybe Jesus is thinking. But Jesus hears this. What does Jesus do? He gets Jesus' attention. And Jesus stopped. Remember, Jesus is out in front, right? He's leading the way. And he's walking along and people are saying, shut up, Bartimaeus, blind man. You can't even see him. You don't even know it's Jesus, do you? Uh, like, and Jesus stopped. And what are all the other people doing? They're going to, remember last week, follow the leader game. What are they going to do? They're going to stop because Jesus is leading the way. So everybody stops and Jesus says, call him here. And they're like, what? Who? The blind man. Like the person that just shouted, Jesus, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Call that person to me. So they called to the blind man. And I don't know this shift is so like, it's not hilarious to me, but it's like, why? Now all of a sudden they're like, hey, we just told you to shut up. Cheer up. If, I, if somebody come up to me and said, shut up, Keith. Be quiet. I don't want to hear your voice. And then the next minute they're like, hey, cheer up. Come on, he's calling. Like I'd be like, are you the same person that just told me to shut up? Cheer up, blind man. On your feet. He's calling you. The person you just exclaimed, Jesus, son of David, that one is calling you, blind beggar. Now you expect they would have their right sense of mind to help him up and bring him to Jesus. They don't do that because I think it's just too quick to help him. Because he's like, okay, verse 50 now, right? He throws off his cloak. That's the cloak he's probably using to collect money, food, whatever he's begging for. He throws that aside because he doesn't need it anymore, right? Because Jesus calls me. He throws that aside. He jumps to his feet and came to Jesus. And remember, what is he? He's blind. Now everybody close your eyes for one second. Not more than a second until I tell you to open them. Close your eyes. Now, I don't think I would have any volunteers to say, hey, get up and walk to me right now. I don't think I would have any volunteers. Maybe Cody because he doesn't have anything in front of him because he knows that. But if I said somebody stand up and walk to the back of the room, out the front, out the middle doors, out the front door and outside, who would want to do that without opening their eyes? Anybody have a, any volunteers? No, you can open your eyes now. This blind man, they come to him and said, hey, Jesus, this person you just exclaimed to, he's calling you. And I'm the people that are saying this. And they're like, where'd he go? He's thrown his cloak that way. He jumps up and he's gone. He's, he's to Jesus already. Um, that's 
just remarkable to me in itself. He's blind and he finds his way to Jesus because it doesn't say he was helped. He just ran to Jesus, came to him. And then Jesus asked him in 51 another question that we're like, Jesus, that is the most obvious question. What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, a sign of reverence, respect, I want to see. I think Jesus already knew that. But he asked Bartimaeus, Hey, what do you want me to do for you? I want to see, Rabbi. I want to see. That's the only thing he wanted Jesus to do. He doesn't say, I want to see and I want this, I want that, I want you to do this for me, I want you to do that. He only wants one thing. I want to see. Verse 52. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So, Bartimaeus, he's calling you. He throws his cloak. He jumps to his feet. He gets to Jesus somehow. And Jesus says, hey, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus says, Rabbi, because he knows he's worthy of honor. Rabbi, I just want to see. That's all I want. And then you get Jesus, and he says, Go, your faith has healed you. Now I want to stop there for a second, because this is what I see in my mind. Again, this is what I think. Jesus says, Go, your faith has healed you. And Jesus, remember he's leading the way to Jerusalem where he's going to die or be betrayed, die, and on three days rise again. Right? We're on that road. Here's what I think. Go, your faith has healed you. And Jesus turns back on the road to Jerusalem. The blind man, here's what, I here's what I see. Jesus is turned, leading the way. The crowd starts to walk because follow the leader, right? If Jesus is moving, we're going to move, is, right? Yes? Thank you. So the blind man, I want to see Jesus. And then he hears, go, your faith has healed you. Immediately he receives his sight. And then what does he see? I think, because if I just read Mark, this is what I see, because what does the text say? He received his sight and followed Jesus. So he said, he, here's Bartimaeus. Go, your faith has healed you. Jesus turns and leads the way. And pe he can feel people walking by, but he's, he can see. But what does he do? He doesn't look around. 
he opens his eyes and he sees Jesus somehow walking and he's like, I got to go that way. Go, your faith has healed you. And remember, if you've been with us in the book of Mark series, what happens when Jesus heals somebody? What does he say? Don't tell anyone. anyone. Some instances he says, go home, right? Go home. And some, don't tell anybody that I did this yet. But this instant, Jesus is like, go, your faith has healed you. And Bartimaeus receives his sight and going. And Bartimaeus is like, okay, I got to follow Jesus. It's the first person that Jesus healed. So up to the, where he could actually follow Jesus and not just go home and not tell anybody yet. Because where's Jesus heading? He's on his way to Jerusalem to be betrayed, to die, and to rise again on the third day. That's Jesus' mission. That's where he's heading. And Jesus heals Bartimaeus, and Bartimaeus says, I'm going. He's followed Jesus immediately because his sight's restored, his faith has healed him. Bartimaeus doesn't want to go home because what's at home? His old way of life. He's done with that, right? His cloak's already thrown away. He doesn't need that anymore. He doesn't need to set it on the ground and beg. So he's already thrown that out of the way. He doesn't need to go home because there's nothing to him at home. He hasn't probably been there for a while because he's begging at the side of the road. So all he could do is say, there's Jesus and I'm going to follow Jesus because Jesus, the Son of David, had mercy on me. And he said, go, your faith has healed you and now I'm going to go follow that Messiah because he's healed me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. The old has gone. The new is here. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. That's to the old way of life. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And then my favorite in Hebrews chapter 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us. He threw away his cloak because that's going to hinder him. I don't need to beg anymore on the side of the street. The cloak is gone. That's hindering me. I'm following Jesus, Bartimaeus says. And what do we have to throw away to go follow Jesus? And the sin that so easily entangles us And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. On Jesus. On Jesus, the perfecter and pioneer of our faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. Remember, He's on His way to Jerusalem to die, to be buried, and to rise again. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. Think about Jesus. Because Bartimaeus, I'm thinking, he's thinking about Jesus even right now. 
Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Bartimaeus threw away his cloak, jumped to his feet, came to Jesus and said, I want to see Jesus. He had so much faith, Jesus said, your faith has healed you. And immediately his sight was restored and he didn't go back to his cloak and I needed to get that first. He said, I need to follow Jesus, I'm going. Jesus met Bartimaeus where he was at in his life. He stopped. Jesus stopped, listened to the man, and responded to his needs. And Jesus, I believe, wants the same with us. He wants us to come to him where we are at. Don't think to yourself, well, I've got to be good enough to come to Jesus. No, don't think that. We're all broken. Come to Jesus where you are at. Jump to your feet and go to Jesus. He wants you to come because He is the best meter of every need I can think of. He wants us to cry out to Him for relief. Remember the song, we're desperate for you. We're lost without you. I want to breathe that air. I want to believe and Jesus, the Messiah, I want Him to change my life because He's the only person that can truly change a life. Today there's space for that. There's space for prayer. There's space if you're a follower of Jesus and you need a church family, we're here. You can join us. There's room for repentance of sin, believing in Jesus and saying, Jesus, the Messiah, have mercy on me. Confess that. And then you're baptized for the forgiveness of sins and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You're buried. Your old life is gone. And you're raised to a new life and to live it out. Come as we sing our song. Listen to this from Max Lucado and then I'll pray. Max Lucado write this wrote this, God's help is near and always available, but it is only given to those who seek it. Bartimaeus could have said, I'm just going to stay right where I'm at. It's comfortable. I get enough for my daily needs. I'm good. But he cried out, Jesus, just like some of us may have to cry out today, Jesus, Son of David, the Messiah, the Son of God, whatever title you want to give Jesus right now because He's worthy of everything, have mercy on me. So pray with me before we sing this last song. If you need to make any decision, prayer, anything, I'll be right here. I'm going to actually pray myself because we need to call out to Jesus for relief, for help. So let's pray. In the words of, this is in the words of Howard Robbins and Thomas Fuller. They wrote this. O living Christ, make us conscious now of Thy healing nearness. Touch our eyes that we may see Thee. Open our ears that we may hear Thy voice. Enter our hearts that we may know Thy love. Overshadow our souls and bodies with Thy presence, that we may partake of Thy strength, Thy love, and Thy healing life. 
Lord, teach us the art of patience while we are well and give us the use of it when we are sick. In that day, either lighten our burdens or strengthen our backs. God, You are so good to us. Just help us, God, to look to You in everything. To throw off everything that hinders our walk with You, just like Bartimaeus did. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us stand as we sing.